It's September 20th, 2017, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. First up, we're going to have a personal invitation from us to a special event coming up this Saturday. Then we're going to check in with Access Point, a local startup with a new name and a bigger vision. And of course, then we'll hear about the new Computer Science Teachers Association with Shane Asselstein, and of course... uh, What's that announcement, Ryan? All right, so now hear this. I'm holding on. The Hawaii Annual Code Challenge Demo Day is coming up this Saturday, September 23rd, at the East-West Center at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. This has been a month-long statewide hackathon. We kicked it off in August, and the teams have been working ever since to develop solutions to solve problems pitched by state departments, basically civic coders helping their communities. So Saturday's Demo Day is where they're going to show off what they've built. So, again, September 23rd, this Saturday at East-West Center. Doors will open at 9 a.m., and the program starts at 10. And it is an event where you need to... RSVP, Bert, where are people supposed to go to register? Well, <clears throat> it's HACC mm-hmm. 2017demo.eventbrite.com. And we will put the link in our show notes at ByteMarks. And I do want to say that we do have a very famous MC. And if he doesn't MC. show up, I'll go up there. Oh, got it. Okay. Don't confuse me. <laughs> All right. Anyway, great. So thank you, Ryan. And of course, now we want to welcome Bello Silichena. Uh, and, of course, Michael Harding. And they're both here to tell us about their new startup called Access Point. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having us. Well, good afternoon. Thank now, you, you know, I, I do have this kind of deja vu, um, Bello, that uh, you've been here before. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about why you were first here and how that connects to why you are here now. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So our first stint here, if you will, was uh, when we were part of the uh, Blue Startups Accelerator. Mm-hmm. Um, we were part of Cohort 8. And I believe we were here uh, last November. And uh, that was sort of the, we were still in the uh, beginning stages mm-hmm. uh, of the program. And I know um, we, we decided to kind of do a show about sort of real estate apps. And, and then you, you were doing an app at back then. But how, did, how has that sort of evolved? It's evolved, gosh, uh, tremendously. Uh, we've gone through a rebranding, as as you'll remember, the last time we were here, uh, we were the condo app. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the pain points that we are solving transcend condos. They, tra- they transcend, you know, sort of the residential um, vertical mm-hmm. um, and even, you know, beyond commercial and so forth. So it, it was fitting that we rebranded and Access Point was the most appropriate uh, sort of direction for us as far as a uh, brand name because it's uh, with every every stakeholder that whose pain point we're mm-hmm. addressing, whether it's a resident, whether it is a property manager, whether it's a property management company, um, they use our point as a point of access. All right. So I, I remember the condo app. And when I think of condo, I think of a residential building. But you said that the the needs of a community of people uh, living in or working in a facility go far beyond that. Um, so, Michael, what are some of the new markets that Access Point opens up? Market-wise, um, we still concentrate um, mainly on residential because that's that's our basis. Um, we do. There is always implications for the commercial. 
um, any any type of commercial building that that has to communicate with their tenants as well, because a tenant is a tenant no matter what type of building they're in, uh, especially here in Honolulu. Information is king, and that's what that's what we thrive on is making sure we give the best information, the ability to give the best information possible. But instead of a condo, it could be a residential association. It could be a neighborhood like Absolutely. Cross Point or even Mililani, for example. Yes, yeah, definitely neighborhoods. We actually found it works very, very well in neighborhoods because there's not a vertical elevator you get in to read the notification. Those people actually have to mail out notifications to every place, and it, it can actually save them quite a bit of money and time by mm-hmm. being able to send these notifications digitally. Now, were you able to benefit from the work that was created through Condo App to be able to launch Access Point? Absolutely. Uh, uh, m- most definitely. The, the benefit is that we just made it better. It, it still exists as what the Condo App was. We didn't take anything from it. We added to that. We, we, we are now a total software solution. We're not an app at all. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, it... it it transcends just an app, and that's one of the other reasons why we took out the name app, because mm-hmm. it's not just an app. So, Bello, tell me some of these access points that are now opened up. Let's say I do live in the building, and let's say uh, there was an emergency or a water main break, and information needs to go out. What are the different ways that Access Point can help me be an informed resident? Very good question. So, Access Point, uh, you know, in terms of the communication piece, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll address that first. Uh, is it's instantaneous. And so uh, you've got to think of this as a one-to-many and a many-to-one solution. So we're not just a back office uh, solution that is being interacted by with, you know, four people, right? There's thousands of people interacting with this. And so uh, regardless of your geographical location, if there's a fire, if there's something that affects your, your your unit or your building at large, you will receive that notification instantaneously once it's transmitted. So if you're an, a non-resident owner that lives in Japan, right, uh, you'll receive that notification. Uh, and so that's the difference between how they've been doing it in the past and how they've been doing it Versus now. sending out a reply-all email to a whole right. bunch of different people. Right, right. And the, the way that we've taken advantage of technology is that uh, the notifications reside in the notification bar of your phone. Mm-hmm. So even if you your intent is to delete that notification, you still have to look at That's it. That's actually pretty smart. So, right. uh, you know, Michael Bello mentioned fire. Uh, I know that there are some things that y- your solution helps as far as the property management company getting critical information out, and you have some real world experience in that in that regard. I, I do. Um, with uh, Marco Polo, the, um, we help them actually transfer from the condo app over to the, the newer platform, Access Point, um, after their situation there. And um, they they are almost probably, I would say, 80% um, of their buildings downloaded and the information they, they receive on any given day as far as what's going to happen with inspections and so forth. It just They have been super responsive and very, very happy that they can have that information at the touch of their hand instead of having to come to the lobby and look at the board and right, you right. hope people walk by and see it. Mm-hmm. Now, Bello, when you had the condo app, I, I'm sure the strategy was let's go and get condos signed up. How do you change your strategy now with, with Access Point? So the strategy has changed um, as far as you know, as opposed to targeting individual uh, condominium buildings, we're actually now we're soothing the pains at so many different levels, uh, as far as the property management company level, mm-hmm. and so we're we're more so a portfolio solution now, and so we're we're solving the, these pain points in mass at the portfolio level, 
Um, and, and so you're still going after the property management firms that are correct. actually managing a lot of these these real estate uh, That's uh, correct. resources. That's correct. Yeah. So if you're in a condition situation like I was some years ago living in Makiki where all the signs in my elevator were in Korean and I had a hard time figuring out <laughs> what it was they were trying to tell me, even as you're, as a resident, this is probably as an access point. is probably a solution you might want to recommend to your management company. Um, Michael, can you tell everybody where someone go? Can someone go to learn more about Access Point? You go to accesspoint.net. That is uh, an X, not C's, accesspoint.net. So A X E S S point.net. Yes. And we will put the link on our show notes at bitemarkscafe.org. Very good. And I wish you guys the best of luck. And of course, you're still kind of uh, in the Blue Startups uh, arena as, as alumni role. And uh, uh, maybe Absolutely. when you start to. Uh, you know, get it out there more so. We'll have you back on. Thank you so, so much. Many Thank, great you success. Much. Thank you for Here's your time. To the series yeah. A. Shout out to Blue Startups. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Very sure. good. And of course, uh, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Shane Asselstein. And we'll talk about the Computer Science Teachers Association. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Inter-Island Solar Supply, Kaiser Permanente, and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. I begin my day with public radio, so I'm always listening to Morning Edition, and I begin my weekends with Weekend Edition. I find it a very comfortable way to start my day. I get to learn about what's going on in the world, and each day I'm learning something new. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. And welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us is Shane Asselstein. Of course, Shane is the uh, technology integration specialist over at Momolani Elementary School. But he does a lot more than that. He does a lot of stuff for Code.org, things like Hour of Code and a facilitator, as well as... uh, he does a lot of Minecraft as a global mentor. Very impressive. Something yes. that my kids would probably be interested in hearing more about. Welcome to the show, Shane. Welcome back. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me back. Now, we wanted to not only focus on some of the great projects that you're working on, but first off, I wanted to get a little bit of background on this thing called the Computer Science Teachers Association. That's a new organization that you are the president of. Yeah, actually, um, the CSTA organization itself is a national organization. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. okay. And so they've been around since uh, 2004, created by ACM. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they currently have for about, computing um, machines? Right. Yes, yes. They've got about 25,000 members worldwide in about 145 countries. So what is new, though, is that we now have an, a Hawaii chapter for the for And the what, what, what sparked the interest in creating a local chapter? Well, um, definitely the importance of that we see in uh, computer science and how it's going to play a role in our, our future. For our kids that are in school right now, um, there was a bunch of passionate CS teachers got together, had a meeting. You know, kind of like pretty much any of this stuff gets formed, right? You, someone has a great idea, you get together, you form it, and you just see what you can do. Well, you know, I, I really want to hear kind of about how that community came together. My ex- personal experience as a, a parent, as a public school uh, student, and even as a student my, myself, is that it really seemed 
uh, hit or miss. You know, in some schools, you would have a technology educator who was passionate about technology and wanted to spread the word and loved engaging kids. And in some schools, they would struggle to find a technology educator. And sometimes it would be the social studies teacher who had to themselves learn how to put a floppy disk in a drive or get something running. So how are, are things throughout the educator community? I know it's a wide range from private schools to public schools, but are you seeing now that this is becoming more of a requirement in a school community to have uh, computer science educators? Um, I absolutely think that it's something you're going to see more and more of in the next few years, for sure. Um, the role of a tech coordinator, per se, at a school has no longer just someone who crawls under desks and plugs in wires, fixes printers, but rather they're taking on roles as actual certified teachers are taking these roles and becoming integrators of technology. And um, understanding computer science is part of that goal. So you have people who, um, like you said, private schools, public schools, and that's kind of how this formed is it's not just a public school thing. It's not just a private school thing. So all of the people that are involved in this initial startup, the 14 founding members plus the four board executive board members range everywhere from UH to all the way down to state level in DUE, Punahou. We have people from Iolani. So there's people all over. And so that's kind of how we formed this up. And how did you find each other? What was the community <laughs> connection before that? Well, I, I would say definitely uh, we know of each other because of you know presenting and conferences that we've all been a part of. Um, our work itself gets known around the island so when somebody you know sees something new going on um obviously twitter's a, a huge um facilitator of, of communicating what's happening at different schools so i'm curious in terms of the acceptance of computer science as a curriculum topic mm. uh i know that last legislative session there was a bill that was trying to look at perhaps getting computer science uh as a as a sort of a standardly accepted curriculum in the DOE, and and I think it's going to probably resurface again in the 2018 session, but from a a DOE standpoint and from a teacher standpoint, do you you think that there's a a general acceptance of computer science as another sort of curriculum that gets taught in schools? I definitely think there's an acceptance. Um, The DOE is working. You know, I I don't work for state level, but Mm -hmm. I definitely, you know, um, am, I know people that have, you know, that work and and then, you know, and what we've worked on uh, even talking to the governor and, and people like that. And um, so they're definitely working to create equity across the board, trying to get CS into the K-12 system, not just worried about high school, middle school, but, you know, mm-hmm. everybody. And so um, the resources, they're going to try to be using people like us, CSTA. You know, I, I kind of play that CSTA role, and I'm a DOE employee as mm-hmm. well. So mm-hmm. um, helping facilitate that connection and, and create resources that we can use to get those out to our schools. Well, maybe is what we're maybe to try. help me understand. How does the, you know, is it is it top down that sort of gets the attention, or is it really kind of a bottoms up approach to gaining the acceptance of a, a new curriculum, you know, introduced into the schools? Mm, that's a good one. Um, I know for me, a lot of times, if I want to try to get something out there, I I really will will show the kids, mm-hmm. you know, and if the kids show and they see the uh, the enthusiasm of that. You get enough kids excited about it, they'll start talking about it, you know, and, and when they start talking about it, someone has to start answering questions. Hopefully, they're going home and asking their parents and saying, hey, I want to learn more about computer science. Matter of fact, uh, I just got an email from one of my students, and he said, Mr. Alstein, can you give me um, a website or something that will teach me some JavaScript because I saw this over the summer, and I want to learn more, and this one site I found was $180 
I said, whoa, that's a lot of money for <laughs> to ask for that. But the fact that he was initi- taking his own initiative mm-hmm. to want to go further than, than even the computer science we're teaching him, right, which is foundational stuff, that's great. That's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to see that, you know, you can't say you're college and career ready when there's going to be a million unfilled jobs in tech computer science in 10 years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when these kids graduate, yeah. I mean, I liked how you mentioned earlier that the tech coordinator isn't the person who now sets up the projector or the VCR right. for the yeah. for the other teachers. It's pretty central to a classroom. So let's talk about the mission or the activities of this new uh, organization and specifically professional development. Because, right. again, not all schools have a computer science educator. So I would imagine one of the things that you'd like to see is a way to create more. Absolutely. And get them out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, – uh, CSTA chapter, Hawaii chapter, I guess, is what we're gonna, we refer to it as, um, is looking to incorp- encourage other companies to come up and we will be that mediator between schools and, um, and the teachers to get them educated. So a good example of that is we have Maui College. Is, uh, there's a big proponent of high school computer science up there. And the person in charge of it, he is, um, Debias is actually working to get uh, free training for high school teachers, which mm-hmm. is great, and he's a, a PD opportunity. Um, Code.org is working on some things with with uh, you know with professional partners here as well. Mm-hmm. That hopefully we'll be getting some news about where middle school and high school teachers will get free training for that as well. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know about you guys, but I wasn't actually trained to teach computer science when I went through the education program. Mm-hmm. Which leads to another question: Is what's happening in our education programs for teachers? Where they there are they going to need training? You know, to when they come out of of so, like, college. if they go, if they're going through, through uh, like at UH College of Education, and in the College of Education, are they learning computer exactly. science as a as a curriculum to teach and to right. develop? Mm-hmm. You know, so in terms of uh, the schools that you see advancing in this arena, you know, we're doing the Hawaii Annual Code Challenge. We put it out to the schools. We've got you know three private schools. We've got Punahou, Iolani, Kamehameha School, and we've got Waipahu and Mililani. Right. Uh, where do you see where do you see some of the real I guess, shining stars in the DOE that are really taking on and, and teaching computer science for, for kids to actually compete in some of these code challenges that we put together? Right, right, right. And it's um it's it's such a really interesting question because you'll see a lot of people moving into the robotics realm and robotics is mm-hmm, part of mm-hmm. computer science. Sure, right. Uh you hear a lot about cybersecurity now. Mm-hmm. Also part of right. of computer science. What I've found myself doing lately to educate is actually explaining that computer science is this big, huge umbrella mm-hmm. with so much stuff inside of it. You know, there's the IT branch, there's robotics, there's cybersecurity, there's animation. There's so much stuff in there. We should be providing those opportunities for our kids. And the, the all-stars that are coming out are the people willing to take that chance. You know, it's those teachers, uh, you know, the 700 teachers that I've trained to teach computer science to educate, uh, to, to K-5 kids. So what, Those other, are the what other schools besides, let's say, Mililani and Wapahu should we look at? I mean, should we look f- to for championing computer science in schools? Well, um, besides I, Momilani. Uh, besides Momilani, <laughs> of course, yes. Um, but I've been approached by the Leliho Complex, okay, and, right. and they want to do something, right, you know. And right. so we're working on something with them right now as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're doing some great things. Um, we have a lot of Honolulu district schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just with. Uh, Campbell and Kapolei, and they're doing some great stuff too. So, oh, good, good. I believe we have more schools out there that are actually wanting to do something than 
seems apparent by, you know, like as for instance, the schools that you're talking about that mm-hmm. are in. There's more out there. Mm-hmm. We just got to get them aware of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I do want to hear a little bit more about this program, about Code.org, even about how Minecraft fits into all of this. But we're going to take a very short break. Then we'll continue our conversation with Shane Asselstein about the computer science uh, organization and teaching it in schools. You're listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Locations, Nohea Gallery, and Straub Medical Center. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. We're talking to Shane Asselstein about the new Computer Science Teachers Association. And of course, uh, right before the break, you know, we were talking about schools and which ones are really advancing and taking advantage of, uh, you know, this whole curriculum arena of computer science. Now, in terms of the Computer Science Teachers Association, do you have to have any qualifications to be a part of that? And how do you, how do you get it to be more inclusive? Right. Well, that's uh, that's the great thing about this is that you don't actually have to be a computer science teacher. What we're trying to do is gather the resources, gather the people that are interested in advocating possibly or empowering or enabling other schools to be able to come and do this thing. So we have, like, as I mentioned, we have people from UH, we have people from the language department, we have people from um, all over the place. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we're we're just trying to get as many people out there aware of this you know, great people like you guys out in the industry that are out there doing things. We want them to come in and show people that computer science isn't about sitting behind a computer and typing out code, but there's so many other branches to this. Mm-hmm. Well, I do, though, want to kind of get back to that core level of sitting behind a computer <laughs> and typing in code. As you mentioned, computer science covers many things. You've got cybersecurity, and for that, just last week our show talked about Cyber Hawaii and their efforts for cybersecurity and education and that workforce development. You talked about robotics. You've got VEX. You've got Altino, uh, the robotic cars and things that are going into schools, even now into prisons most recently. But a lot of people see the programming piece, not necessarily typing code, but understanding computational thinking right. as a fundamental skill. I mean, they're not teaching handwriting anymore, <laughs> but they should perhaps be teaching uh, code. So tell me about Code.org and how it fits into this bigger picture. Right. So um, Code.org is a nonprofit organization, and they have been providing training for the last four years, I believe. Is um, And so... They have a free curriculum for schools to use from kindergarten all the way to grade 12. Um, recently, they just released the CS Discoveries, the middle school curriculum. goes from 7th uh, to ninth grade and covers about 80 hours of content. Students will start off by learning the problem solving all the way to learning how to uh, com- um, sorry, physical computing and mobile device type of uh, Sorry, I'm pointing to my hand. <laughs> your your <laughs> uh, imaginary Apple circuit, Watch. Yes, yeah, the yeah, Circuit yeah. Playground, which is a... Uh, um, which is a circuit, small circuit board that you can use for wearable technology, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. so it's great that that kind of stuff is out there. So um, as code pro- creates, uh, we're working on a regional partner here in Hawaii. We've been working on it for several years. We're close, I believe, and um, there may be an announcement, hopefully, in the next month. But well, we'll have you back on to do that. You don't want to give a special yeah, preview to our specific list. Don't you want to well, yeah, break this news? Exclusive. I, I'm telling you. Breaking it's, news it's, uh, on Bike Marsh Cafe. Let me tell you what, what that will bring if we get it. What's really great about that is that we'll be able to provide free training for middle school and high school teachers. Nice. You know, And when I say free training, we're not talking about come for a day, which is what I do. And that, that's good because it's a lower L type of foundational learning of computer science. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about how to teach the deep you know, like you're saying, behind the computer coding type of stuff and problem solving, 
Um, and Code really invests in the states that are willing to invest in computer science. Nice. Now, Code.org has been very instrumental in the Hour of Code. Is yes. that correct? And you are the champion for Hour of Code in, in Hawaii. Yes. I am the Currently, I'm the only facilitator in Hawaii mm-hmm. for, for Code.org. And so Hour of Code is coming up in December. Mm-hmm. You know, And it was same as CS Ed Week. They co- coincide together. Um, last year, we hosted an event at our school. had about 250 people show up. Uh, Bert, you actually came. I, I think the governor was the there governor too. The governor was right? there. His wife was there. A couple of representatives. I yeah. coded with the governor. So, That's pretty cool. And you know, I, I mentioned last week uh, our company that I work for, Hawaii Information Service. We worked with uh, Kapuna Hall Elementary and nice. Stephanie Mew, who's the teacher of the Absolutely. year, and she did. She had uh, laptops, and they did. Uh, hour of code and those kids wanted a little more than an hour I think they absolutely do yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. actually I kind of find that funny a lot of times I talk to schools and they say oh but we want to get kids interested you don't have to do much to get them interested <laughs> they're really interested already mm-hmm. what we need to do is get people to understand how important this is going to be to the future of our kids when we say college and career ready mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now in terms of uh, hour of code I mean you have this, co- this coming up in uh, December that's a big event but don't you go out to schools and actually conduct some Kind I of do interaction with with teachers mm-hmm. on how they might foster the the um, I guess get kids more interested in coding. I mean, so that's yes. part of the program. So, how frequently do you go out to actually other schools? So, I've actually been um, this year has been a little bit slower. So, it's only been every other month, but okay. I'll train up to thirty teachers at a time. Mm-hmm. So, I'm actually. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make the hack demo. I'm really disappointed about that because oh. I will be actually on a big island doing a code uh, workshop for Kale. So the KAL complex has brought a whole bunch of teachers together, and we're going to be doing a code workshop. So I provide those for free, and we provide lunch and breakfast, but I teach you how to use the curriculum, get it all out there, and actually get into using computer science. Now, in the last uh, couple minutes, you Mm -hmm. do have a launch that's coming up on the 27th. Is that correct? I do. We do. Tell us about that. So CSTA Hawaii chapter is actually going to have our very first meetup. And so we're inviting anybody who's interested, wants to come and help us advocate, learn about what we are and what we're doing. So on the 27th, we'll actually be at the University of Phoenix, Topa Building. We had to change our venue. So oh, that's okay. So you're back downtown. You're going to be at Shriners, right? We were going to be at Shriners, okay. yes, but we had to change the venue at the last minute. So same, same people, same event. I'm going to send out an email today actually to all the registered users, registered people. Um, it's going to be great. We're going to talk about what we're doing, see what kind of things the state of Hawaii stakeholders are interested in learning and what we're, we can gather for them. Mm-hmm, so we will definitely mm-hmm. have information on that on our website. Uh, we do have maybe one more minute, and I uh, I did want to ask, yeah. uh, how's Minecraft going? <laughs> oh, Minecraft. Well, if you haven't paid attention to Minecraft lately, they actually released Code Builder, which is amazing. So Code Builder will allow you to code um, using visual code-based blocks to in and, um, sorry, and ScratchX and Tinker. Uh, code.org is also working with them, ah, I've heard. Okay. So they'll be able to code using those programs and impact Minecraft directly. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, and I, we should mention code.org is free, open to anybody. Free is, yeah. So if you are even remotely curious, you can go there and just play with it. I've got Absolutely. my daughter doing like the Moana exercises, mm-hmm. the Star Wars exercises. Pretty cool. Yeah. So do you see sort of the, all the, you know, let's say the whole variety of different kinds of coding environments be uh I don't know, implemented or, or tested or tried out in schools? Or do you see an e- sort of an eventual focus in high school around a particular coding language? How does that come together or does it need to? 
Um, I see that I, I see it as three step process. You know, in the elementary schools, K, let's say K six, we want to really get the kids to understand fundamentals, the foundations of everything. So all languages have those foundations. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I worry when people say, "Oh, can we start teaching third graders languages?" Mm-hmm. Languages come and go. Ryan, mm-hmm. you look like someone who maybe knows how to code in HTML. Cobol. Cobol, there <laughs> Cobol. you go. Fortran. How often yeah. have you done that recently? <laughs> Not much, right? Because right. languages come and go. Right. And then in high school, the middle school, we want them teaching and learning about global All right. uh, global applications. Very so good. where can someone go to find out more about this association? All right. So you can actually go to www.csteachers.org. Fantastic. Very good. Put it up on our show notes. Shane Asselstein. Is a technology integration specialist over at Momilani Elementary. And, of course, he's an evangelist for coding in the schools. We want to thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week. We're going to kick off the first day of our fall pledge drive. And, of course, if you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us here every Wednesday on HPR1. And of course, you stay safe and we will see you back here for another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Oh, hey.